are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Spartans. And before going any further, John, can you hear me right now? Is this working right now? I can, loud and clear. I got my speakers going in the office. Everything sounds beautiful. Okay, for for a peek behind the curtain, it it is uh, turning water into wine down here. This call being completed uh, even jumps that in the echelon of miracles because uh, this was supposed to happen last week. Horrible Wi-Fi issues on my end, but finally, he is here. John Garcia, Jr., Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. Now I'll just ask you, how you doing, man? You doing okay over there? I'm doing well. Doing well. A lot of uh, a lot of craziness in the world of sure. recruiting, but that's what makes it fun. We definitely don't have any kind of off-season, so I'm, I'm thankful for it, although it definitely keeps me busy. I don't envy you at all. And, like, listen, I, I talk college sports, too, but I just, you know, talk about one team. Primarily, and even that's hard to keep track of. Sometimes you you do it all: recruiting, transfers, uh, anything. So it's been wild. You have a wide palette of everything going on in the nation. But let's start in East Lansing. Uh, Mel Tucker heading into year three in East Lansing, and sometimes we get stuck in a vacuum. Sometimes this whole tuck coming, the the hype around him. I love him like a family member, but maybe we need to step back as an objective national guy like yourself. How would you sum up the Mel Tucker era so far? Um, are you going to keep inflating our collective ego, or are you going to bring us back down to earth, John? Talk to us. Uh, probably the former. I mean, look, everything has been a, a sign of hitting the ground running in East, East yeah. Lansing for Mel Tucker, whether it's on the field, whether it's recruiting. Now you throw in the transfer portal, uh, big upsets, big marquee wins. I mean, he's, he's checked almost sure. every single box that one could have expected in a short amount of time. Uh, and I think that's pushing the, the program forward. I think there is a sense of stability. I think there is a, still a sense of rise that is potentially ahead for Michigan State. It's a program that is set up for success. And, and the hard part was already accomplished. The hard part is having the breakout season and getting some marquee wins, some upsets on the field. Once you do that, everything trickles down from there. It will filter into recruiting. The success in the portal last year will lead to more success. And I know we'll talk about this this incoming transfer class that's really strong uh, and so on and so forth. I think the footprint of of where Michigan State is looking for talent has only expanded under Mel Tucker, which is probably one of the key elements uh, to sustain success. Uh, They're making plays. They're making plays for kids down here in my home state of Florida. I see them all the time in Georgia. They're in the South in general, as well as, you know, emphasizing that Midwestern big 10 footprint. So it's, it's a nice balance. Uh, And again, you throw in the portal and I only see more sustainability going forward, which really in this day and age, that's, that's really what you want as a fan of, of college football, of one team, you want to see sustainability because it means you're going to remain relevant. You're going to factor into games. You're going to factor into conference titles, which will in turn help you factor into recruiting. And so you obviously are very plugged in with recruiting. So you would know more than I have because I've been asked this question, like why, why has this been on such an uprise here for Michigan state recruiting? Cause right now we're, we're looking pretty good. Uh, last year's class. Okay. Not bad. I think top 20, if not just outside top 20 this year or for the 2023 class starting to look pretty good. 
why is it? Is it is it the footprint that they're looking in? Is it these wins that they've collected? Is it the coaching hires like guys like Brandon Jordan, Marco Coleman on the defensive side? Is it just simply more marketing? They're more just present on social media. What is the biggest factor to you in the mind of some of these highly rated recruits that are looking at Michigan State now? I think it is that stability. It's it's a sense that okay. Michigan State is no longer kind of a niche program. You know, we, we talk mm-hmm. about a lot of specific programs that have had on-field success, but it doesn't necessarily translate off the field. Uh, does it feel like it's more of a niche thing? Is it more? Is it viewed more perceptionally as a flash in the pan where it's like, well, you had a great year, but we kind of don't think it's going to stay that way. Gotcha. With Michigan State, it feels totally different. It feels like this is the beginning of what should be a long tenure uh, for Mel Tucker in East Lansing. That alone, that stability is something that literally two-thirds of the Power Five can't sell. Either they've already rebranded coaching staffs in the last year, 18 months, or they're about to do that after this year. So for, for the yeah. one-third that isn't in that group, it really feels different. It feels like you're competing with a smaller, more intimate group of, of blue bloods and, and schools thereafter. And I think Michigan state is right kind of on that bubble. Uh, and that sustainability creates a perception in recruiting that, that leads to shockingly more, more sustainability in terms of plucking yeah. talent. Uh, it just Michigan state, when kids get that offer, they're excited about it. And they tell me that it's, it's something with staying power. It's not something that is fun for a couple of hours. It's something that they'll come back to. They'll look into, you know, visiting East Lansing and, and you look at some of the recruits, they've gotten on campus outside of their natural region and footprint. And that continues to illustrate that point that Michigan state's offer is holding a lot of weight, which is another big step on the trail. That is a dynamite segue that that was almost scripted by you right there. You, you are a pros pro because yeah, listen, they get the offer. They tweet it out. It's cool. But now like these highly rated kids are starting to act on it. Okay. So this is a uh, report from 24 seven sports uh, or Spartan tailgate.com rather that we have, okay, these are all five-star kids that are planning to visit, if not have already visited East Lance. We got defensive lineman Vic Burley. We have defensive lineman David Hicks. We have offensive lineman Francis Maui Goa. We have offensive lineman Samson Okun Lola. We have running back Ruben Owens. Again, some of those kids have already been on campus. Some are planning mm-hmm. on visiting this summer. It's awesome to have them on campus, but like at the end of the day, doesn't really matter unless you get them to sign point blank. Can Michigan State fans like me expect to get one of these kids, or is this a little too early in the whole Mel Tucker era to expect five stars to actually sign that dotted line on signing day? Yeah, I don't think it's early in in his era to start expecting blue chip recruits, but in terms of this cycle with some of those guys you named in particular, I do think it's a little bit early. I know Francis, um, Okanlola, Ruben Owens, those guys are all taking their time with the process, but there's another thing that those guys have in common that you all named. None of them live in Michigan. None of them live in Ohio. None of them live in Indiana. None of them live in that traditional Big Ten footprint in the Midwest. So, again, these are Texans. These are Floridians. Uh, you know, Okanlola's from Boston. These are players well outside of the traditional footprint. And to be in the game for them says a lot. You know, I look at a kid like Ruben Owens in particular, the running back from Texas. You know, he's got this top five that he established before the new year. And it really hasn't changed. It, it's been Texas, Texas A&M, Alabama, uh, USC, and the national champs, Georgia. That's been his group. Yet one of his most recent visits was a multi-day trip up to East Lansing. So not only are you contending for kids who are yet to form some of those conclusions and begin to narrow down the process, but now you're getting kids to visit when they thought 
you were kind of done with them. They thought, you know, the relationship had kind of faded, but you're you're staying in the hunt thereafter. So I think some of that stick to that Mel Tucker and his staff has shown resonates with kids. You know, a lot of kids, these kids are smart. You know, I know they're sure. teenagers, 16, 17, 18. I know kids who will put out a top group just to see if one of the schools outside of that group is going to reach out or are they going to bow out and just like your Twitter post? And that's kind of it. Uh, so I know with Ruben Owens in particular, that's something he really liked about Michigan State. They have stayed on him despite not being in any kind of top group projection or prediction for his recruitment. And, and they were rewarded with the visit, which is always, you know, the next step in, in actually, you know, bringing in some of this talent. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like every year there's like this avalanche of commits, right? Like, yeah, sure, you get commits throughout the offseason, even the regular season. But then, like, out of nowhere, there's like a two, three-week stretch where it's like, oh, my God, I, 80% of the board's gone right now. Like, do you expect that season to start anytime soon? Or when do you expect, like, this rush of commits to happen? Yeah. Or am I wrong? Am I, am I wrong in thinking that that's, like, a trend that happens in college? No, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, typically this time of year – it's about spring football, right? The coaches are on the mm -hmm. road evaluating. Um, most high schools in the South, certainly some of these kids we've talked about, are playing spring ball and or running track at their respective schools. So there's not a whole lot of visits going down right now. But once that calendar flips to June, the prospect camps begin, the unofficial visits and official visits continue across the country. And I do think that is where you will start to see some tangible action, not only for Michigan State, but for basically every single program, um, because kids will be able to perform and update that evaluation for coaches and they can reciprocate with either a scholarship offer or the green light on a previous scholarship offer uh, to, to push the kid towards making a decision you know, right now to stay in the city that they're competing in. So it is that time of year where it's going to begin to ramp up quite a bit. And then you couple that with the fact that most of these elite kids want to make a decision before their senior season begins. So between June and August, we do see a little bit of a, a recruiting spike in general just within the industry because kids are either earning that big offer they've been waiting on or they get the green light for that school that has been interested for a while, or they really want to get this thing done so they could focus on having a great, you know, all encompassing senior season where their high school teammates have their entire focus. Bang. Look at that. Okay. Well, I'll stay tuned. And until then uh, we'll actually switch the topic of conversation to not kids going to college soon, but kids already in college want to pick your brain about the transfer portal, all that fun stuff. But first I got to preach to the fine folks about some built bar. That's right. Built bar. You've heard us talk about Built Bar forever, really as long as you've been listening to this podcast, and for three good reasons. One, first and foremost, uh, they taste outstanding. They are better than any candy bar you've ever had. They are wrapped in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're chewy. They taste like what's actually on the wrapper. This is not your father's protein bar. You're just biting into it, and it tastes like you're eating chalk, and you're just trying to convince yourself that you're eating, like, blueberry bountiful blast or whatever the hell it's called. Number two, they take care of your body. I, I've gone three weeks without working out until yesterday. I had a Built Bar before the workout, and thanks to Built Bar, it's the reason I'm still here today. Otherwise, it would have gone horrible for me. Each Built Bar contains about 170 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, just 4 grams of net carbs, but a whopping 17 grams of protein to not just get you through a workout, but also day doing yard work, day at the golf course, day at the in-laws, day at the office, whatever you need. They got you taken care of. They also got your wallet taken care of. Go to built.com, smash your promo code LOCK15. It's going to save you 15% off your order. One more time, built.com, promo code LOCK15. Save 15% off of your Built Bar order. And before welcoming the wonderful John Garcia Jr., yes, Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated, 
Hey, I just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. John, surprise, surprise, busy transfer portal season for the third straight uh, offseason for Mel Tucker and company. I'll just make it as broad of a question as possible. Which incoming player has really caught your eye the most as far as just name or position or just uh, take it away? You know what? You're you're the, the better one talking. Hog the mic for, for me, please. You know, when, when he first tra- announced his commitment to transfer to Michigan State, I, Jalen Berger, I was, you know, that's the one that caught me just casually, right? Where I wasn't even sure. like looking into it. I wasn't really tracking his recruitment. Certainly an interconference transfer at that position from that school, you know, and in Madison yeah. to this one where they both have pretty strong running back legacies and, and it's been updated in the last couple of years. That certainly caught my attention uh, in, in the hopes of of seeing what it looks like post uh, Kenneth Walker, what that backfield looks like. And then, of course, they bring in another commitment at the position to counter Berger. You know, I think Berger's, you know, big, physical, downhill, one cut, run behind his pads kind of guy. But you think of uh, the kid coming from Colorado, Broussard, and it's your, yeah. your, your thunder to the lightning or your lightning to the thunder, I should say. A little bit more gadgety, quicker than fast. But, you know, he can he can play in between the tackles as well. He's got a bit of a nose for the end zone for that first down marker, but but certainly smaller in stature and a little bit more comfortable in space than Berger. So we could see a bit of an evolution and a potential shared workload for Michigan State. And, and why not? If the transfer portal well works so well with Walker, uh, why not go to it and, and maybe put these two together uh, to put something together in, in 2021. Uh, so I like the running back uh, addition, overhaul, whatever we want to call it. Those caught my attention just because of the success that we, we just saw. But in taking a deeper look at, at which Michigan State has brought, coming in, I really like these linebackers. Um, very familiar wow. with, with Aaron Brule uh, down here in SEC, ACC country. Covered him in high school. Certainly saw him at Mississippi State. Uh, just a striker, a downhill type of linebacker with some pass rushing upside. One of the more successful pass rushing linebackers when he moved out to the edge. Really smart, instinctive kid uh, who plays within his means. You know, he's very much within his frame. The technique looks good when he's approaching blockers. He's excellent coming off of the block. He tackles with with strong technique. Uh, not the most twitchy guy in terms of athleticism, okay. but. He can rush the passer and, and get some things done for you. And then you watch anything on Windman from UNLV and you get excited. Um, hadn't been, yeah. you know, overly connected to watching him prior. Uh, but this is a, a twitchy linebacker who is very comfortable both in space and rushing the passer. And I think, again, you talk about that versatility. Not only is it going to keep you on the field as a linebacker, but it's going to help you emphasize a strength. You know, Michigan State was, I believe, top 10 in sacks in 2021, uh, and you lost a lot of that production. So you need to try to manufacture more of it uh, wherever you can. So, yes, you brought in D. Lyman. You know, I think Chris Bogle has a lot of talent on the edge. But these linebackers as pass rushers, that really piques my interest when you're talking about you know, playing in space uh, and and keeping guys on the field with considerable big time experience. I think both of those pairs at running back and linebacker are are four names that Michigan State Spartan fans should keep a very close eye on because I think all of them are going to make an impact. No doubt, and I'm I'm jazzed as anyone about the linebackers, but there's someone else on the defense too that I'm thrilled about and. I want you to either check me or further keep me going here because just like okay. Chris Bogle, SEC guy, um, can we expect a big year out of him? Because, listen, it, former top 70 recruit, he's got all the intangibles, he's got a great frame, and also when you pair it with 
and maybe I'm falling too much in love with this new coaching hire in Brandon Jordan and Marco Coleman, but like you pair that coaching with that kind of a, an athlete with that pedigree, like I'm really expecting a big year from Bogle. Now you may have watched him a little more than we have, or maybe know more about him. Should I take a step back and be a little more patient on this? Or am I in the right to be like all aboard the Chris Bogle train going into this season? Look, the talent is there. I mean, it's it's okay. been there. You mentioned top 100 recruit. I saw him a plenty at Cardinal Gibbons High School in, in Fort Lauderdale. Helped gotcha. them to a state championship. This is a kid who was a freak off the edge. Kind of that conventional edge, right? When you think of the evolution of pass rushing, you know, your, your old school defensive ends in that 4-3 are now more stand-up edge rushers. You make them like Chris Bogle, 6'4", 6'5". He's probably 250 or so right mm-hmm. now he was always lighter though he was always this kind of tall stringy looking prospect so now that he's put on some weight he does have that SEC experience that you mentioned I do think there's a lot in front of him in terms of his game his best football is certainly well ahead uh, obviously curious to see how he adjusts towards that new coaching staff but in terms of just length twitch and that those natural gifts that make you a great pass rusher Chris Bogle has had that for five years uh, it's just a matter okay. of him putting it all together. And and look, for some elite players, it's about getting a fresh start. You know, if it doesn't go the way you thought it would go, and I think Bogle would tell you it didn't at Florida. I would tell you it didn't at Florida. Florida would probably tell you it didn't go how they sure. thought. <laughs> Sometimes everybody just needs to hit the reset button um, and going to a place that, that does have a reinvested in coaching staff dedicated to pass rushers. Um, that's really the biggest thing for him. You know, he needs to polish up and pair some of that natural athleticism with more technique, a diversified pass rush tool set. Um, and I'm not sure how far along on that that quest he is, but again, the talent is there. Even if you use him situationally, which we've seen a lot of schools do with success, I do think there's a lot of value there. If he's singled up against the tackle and that speed rush is available, there's not a lot of players in America that can get there quicker uh, than, than Bogle can. So it's a matter of him developing that and then developing some counters off of that to keep offensive tackles honest when they do have to line up and block them. All right, so I'll change my number from 20 sacks this season to just 19 and a half. So there you go, exactly. Temper X. I'll, I'll, I'll be reasonable here, okay? I'm not going to get too crazy on my end. Um, We'd love to fly around the rest of the Big Ten with you because, again, hey, Lockdown Spartans, we're in a vacuum. We're talking Michigan State, but when we got a national guy like you on, uh, yeah, it might be nice to open up the window and see what on earth is going on in the rest of the conference. That might be nice for us to uh, stay in tune with the rest of the Big Ten. But first, John, I'm sorry, i got to kick you to the bench again because i got to talk to the lovely people about betonline.net. That's right. It is the best time of year. It's warm outside. There's sports going on, but not just sports. We're talking playoffs. We're talking NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Probably no playoffs for the Tigers in October, but hey, until then, you can still wager on them at betonline.net. They are your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures at BetOnline. That's right, your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. That's at Bet Online, where the game starts. John, you're back. This is incredible. You stuck around for all three segments, and that the Wi-Fi has stayed in touch. This is there we go. What a blessing. Let's wrap up this show here with bebopping around the Big Ten. I'll ask you just the most boring, broad question of all time. Which other program in the Big Ten has impressed you the most in the transfer portal here? 
You know, I think Michigan State is the best uh, portal class in the Let's Big go. Ten. I think Nebraska's close. Uh, I think Nebraska's got more volume, yeah. certainly. And, and when you bring in two quarterbacks, look, it, it's going to draw eyeballs. And certainly, you know, Purdy and Thompson coming in drew my eyeballs as well because you just don't see schools bringing in multiple right. quarterbacks. But I did think that they supplemented it with, with some nice players. I really like Trey Palmer, the wide receiver from LSU. Uh, O'Shawn Mathis coming from TCU was a huge upset victory over Texas on the portal trail, if, if that makes sense. He's a pass rusher. Nebraska, you know, was pretty solid on defense. Uh, so reemphasizing some of those points makes a lot of sense. Uh, I also like the corner they brought in, big corner. Tommy Hill from Arizona State uh, has wide receiver experience as well. So maybe he could flip over and, and play on offense uh, to help that struggling side of the ball a little sure. bit more. But, but I thought Nebraska was really balanced. I, I thought they brought in a variety of players. They hit the trenches as well. Um, and you could see a lot of impact guys here. And, and what feels like, I, I mean, can we, is this the last chance for Scott Frost? I'm not sure. Um, but it feels like this is it. Um, so is I he? do think that he is, he's got all his chips in. Uh, to to try to to right this ship uh, over in Lincoln, and, and he's brought in some instant impact guys. Regardless of who wins that quarterback battle, that will be the headliner. But but there is some depth beyond. Now on the flip side, let's just talk misery for Big Ten. Like, is there any program out there? It's like, oh my God, they really got hammered hard in the transfer portal, either by way of losing kids to the transfer portal, or just not winning some of these battles against other teams and kind of having a drier transfer portal season than they would have liked is there any one or two or 13 programs that stick out to you uh, <laughs> 13 is the key season? number uh look you know Ohio State lost a bunch of guys uh and I think they okay. were expecting to lose some but that that kind of defensive back exodus that they saw I think will will really hurt them depth wise they're they have talent obviously and they brought in some great high school talent in the secondary mm -hmm. but they're gonna have to rely on some of those young guys which is a little bit puzzling uh for a preseason I don't know a, you know Big Ten champion type of, of program so losing more than you, you you gained isn't a deal breaker in the perception department uh but when it's all at one position like that it really it, it kind it kind of draws your your ire a little bit so curious to see how the Bucks bounce back in the secondary. Uh, and then Maryland had a lot of names leave as well. Just a lot yeah. of volume and scholarship players uh, exiting that roster. I mean, uh, Damian Robinson's one of the top, you know, twitchiest pass rushers in the country. So him leaving for, for an interconference program in Penn State hurts. Uh, they did come combat it a little bit in adding some players. You know, I think uh, Vandarius Cowan's going to be an imp impact front seven guy. He's a big physical linebacker who could press the passer a little bit. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works defensively uh, under Mike Loxley. But I thought the exodus is that those two schools in particular were, were really noteworthy. And then, you know, in, in scouring the Big Ten, some some programs just kind of sit out, you know, uh, you don't sure. see a whole lot of activity with Michigan. You don't see a whole lot of activity with Iowa. Um, yeah. Some of these programs really just kind of sit still and, and, and kind of let the chips fall where they may. And I respect them for it. But, you know, I do I do lean towards adjusting to the current times and, and, and dipping your toes into that portal, because it's, it's something that's going to factor into all these conferences, how they stack up, eventually the playoff maybe even the, the championship game itself one day, um, you know, the programs that have boosted their roster, you know, to the highest degree are usually the ones that, that are still contending when the weather gets very, very cold. Although for me, being from Florida, um, sure. September <laughs> and East Lansing is probably uh, at that limit for me. Or if you're a complete wuss like me that has lived in Michigan his whole life, even September is when it starts to get a little cold for me <laughs> as well. Um, that's a shame about Ohio State. I'm sick to my stomach. They can never catch a break down there in Columbus. Sure. So it's, it's horrible. Um, 
let me see if I can phrase this final question correctly. And if not, then I'm sorry. But speaking of other Big Ten East teams, and I'm sorry to Rutgers and Maryland, I'm just going to focus on Penn State and Michigan right now. What's more likely that Penn State takes a step up from last season? That's not to say that they had a horrible season. Or is it more likely that U of M takes a big step down next season? Between those two, who's going to be on a bigger elevator ride going which way or another? You know, I think relative to making the playoff, it would be hard uh, to, to not pick Michigan. Uh, big ask, that, yeah. Right, right, <laughs> with that question. You know, I, I think Penn State is, is going to contend. Uh, they return a lot of talent. Uh, certainly they'll feel similar uh, on offense, and that defense might, might be better uh, this fall. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they look. But with Michigan, to sustain that with what they lost on defense, I'm just not sure. When you lose two top 50 picks on the edge, you lose a first-round safety, just those three spots in general, I think that leaves a lot to be desired. I think they'll have to reshuffle the deck there on defense. And offensively, I'm still not convinced. I think this this quarterback shuffle deal that that Jim Harbaugh has going on is good uh, in terms of winning nine or ten games, and and that's great. But, look, I'm I'm from a national standpoint. For me, it's about – conference titles, the playoff. Yeah. It's about hardware. And I'm not sure that is a formula for success in the hardware department. I'm, I don't know off the top of my head. I can't think of a quarterback rotation that ended with a championship um, like what they do. Uh, maybe, you know, Tim Tebow, Chris Leak. I mean, that might be dating myself That's a it. little bit. Right. But it just doesn't happen is my point. And, and yeah. I don't see it happening in this day and age. Um, and it makes you wonder, you know, how, how Jim Harbaugh, what's the word how Jim Harbaugh negotiates between his quarterbacks and particularly JJ McCarthy which we all could agree sure. is, is the more talented option H- how he manipulates that system and 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 delegates I'm not sure uh, how big of an impact that will have not only on this year's Michigan team but potentially the Michigan teams in in years to come because there's a lot of eligibility in that quarterback room uh right now so I'm very curious to see how that goes but I do not expect a return to the playoffs. so Kind of by default, I'll say Michigan slides more than Penn State rises. Yeah, it would be a shame if that fractures their locker room and puts them in years of dismay for years, decades to come. I do just hate to see that completely over here. So, John, this has been great. I know we're coming up on time right now. Cannot thank you enough for preaching your knowledge, not just on what you're seeing from the outside at Michigan State, but also the, the whole Big Ten as a whole. But where can the lovely folks of Lockdown Spartans Nation find you on the internet to either yell at you or sing your praises. Where, where can they find you, man? Yes, please, please bring it on. Uh, yeah, real simple. SI.com slash college is, is our hub for all of our uh, football, basketball, and recruiting content right in one spot, all free for the most part. And uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter as well. John Garcia underscore JR. Same handle for uh, all other social media as well. Love that. Awesome. Well, John, this was great. Glad we finally got to talk with no interruption. This is great. So, uh, hey, talk to you probably at some point again this offseason. We'll, we'll see how busy things get in East Lansing here. So, until then, take it easy, man. Enjoy your weekend. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.